Wrestling should be fun. Should be fun. Wrestling should be fun. Wrestling should be fun. Should be fun. Wrestling should be fun. Hello and welcome to episode 96 of the Wrestling Should Be Fun podcast. Last week was the quiz, Shot Mastermind. Once again, well done to the Sultan for winning money for the WWF. That money's gone in. Fantastic quiz and third win out of four for him. Fantastic stuff. Sadly can't be here tonight. But we crack on with two brilliant guests. Back in the hot seat, we've got ourselves JCH. How you doing, JCH? Yeah, not too bad. I heard Shaft donated the money to Panda Shango. <laughs> Correct. That was, that was the best I could come up with in uh, 12 seconds. But uh, yeah, <laughs> happy to be here. Are you um, over the ashes yet? Well, it's only 1-0, you know. It's like it's like an Iron Man match, isn't it? That's it. <laughs> First ball never wins, do they? Rarely. <laughs> So plenty of time, plenty of time yet. And alongside him, we've got ourselves back in the studio. It's Brum. How you doing, Brum? Yeah, you're all right, mate. Similar feelings to JCH, really. Just uh, off the back of, you know, to, I guess, probably about an hour off the back to, to show people behind the curtain from the, um, yeah, from the Ashes loss. So a little bit good about that. It was absolutely unbelievable test match. So not, not in too low spirits. Yeah. As JCH says, it's only the first full. We'll try and get a DQ win maybe in the second full. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Is, is this the quickest we've got cricket mentioned in a podcast? I know it normally gets a, a shout out at some point, but right off the bat there. Well, tis the season, mate. Tis the season. <laughs> so without any further ado, let's crack on with JCH's favourite part of the show. It's the call-up sheet. Okay. We've had some pretty big successes on Twitter this past week with some big numbers flying out. And I think that's cost us a little bit with the podcast post that's been lost in the shuffle. So we've not got too many, but let's crack through the ones that we have had. And first up is the person that came third in Shop Mastermind last week. We've got ourselves Callum and he offers nothing in his bio. And (laughs) Phil even said... You've got to offer something for the boys, mate, because you're offering nothing. But he hasn't done. But we did meet him. So we're clear that he's a Scottish fan, he's a Celtic fan, and he's good at wrestling quizzes. And he's called Callum. We voted me off, so I'm offering him nothing. <laughs> I think um, I think there's some there's something about that, that first consonant, um, first syllable that I think draws me to it. I, I think his his name should be Molak. And in the in the old TNA tradition, uh, Eric Young should always point out it's Callum spelt backwards. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> Next up, we've got not me, who weirdly has only followed us and no one else, and has got no followers. But <laughs> they're called not me, and they go by the name of Muhammad five nine seven three six one one three. You sure they're not called bot me? <laughs> I like the idea of not me being a like well how the tropes of most wrestlers is them like 
doing everything to try and get a match or to get a shot at the title or in interrupting people's promos. I just like not me getting opportunity to say, no, actually, I don't don't quite fancy it this week and just, just try to get out of it. So you sort of like <laughs> going for the um the Winston Bogard type. <laughs> yes. Yeah. 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 I hate to sit at home. Take the money and run. My <laughs> dream job. <laughs> Next up, we've got ourselves Celine, who says basic DNI criteria from Oklahoma. I feel that she's going to be um, hitting out some power ballads. Yeah. Uh, of some of the most popular films of the 90s. But to be fair, baby think twice is a pretty good wrestling catchphrase, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> that, Maybe that she like... could um, manage Julia Hart. I think she's the uh, current Hart wrestler. Yeah, and, uh, her heart will go on uh, and on. <laughs> yeah, and she's got an excellent hat, which is very nice. Exactly. I'm sure I've, I've seen Celine Dion wearing a similar hat. <laughs> Did Next Celine up. Dion win Eurovision, or have I just made that up? I think I... Celine Dion has won Eurovision. I'm not sure that she won it, but she's definitely been in it. Oh, for Top Switzerland, I think. I think it was for Switzerland. Next up, we've got... Record, pro wrestling fan, Steelers fan, Ohio State fan, Kyle Busch fan, Golden State fan, Randy Orton Stan. Who's Kyle Busch? Is that JCH? Is that American I think he's a NAS- I think he drives NASCAR. Um, I'm pretty sure he's been on Raw uh, <laughs> back in the day. In one of those when they met those a couple of like NASCAR guys, and I'm sweet sure he's NASCAR. He's definitely an American motorsport person. I thought they're all called Dale NASCAR drivers, aren't they? <laughs> There's one, well, two, was one's junior, isn't he? I'm assuming there was a senior. I just assume they're all called Dale. <laughs> well, there's one called Bob. Hardcore Bob, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so was it record as in just R-E-C-O-R-D? Yeah. That's a GTV gimmick, isn't it, surely? <laughs> yes. Is <laughs> <laughs> this following round recording Randy Orton footage? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's it. You know, they had that, that Leon Slater um, promo with the progress, but he's just watching old tapes. He's just yeah. sort of sitting around backstage watching old Randy Orton footage that he's recorded off his Sky Plus. Yeah, yeah. Evo for our American friends. Yeah, and then it ends with him burning down Randy Orton's house with like... <laughs> <laughs> this is what you did to Bray Wyatt, man. You don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> he's writing him letters. like uh... <laughs> Yeah, like, like the song. Like, is that where Stan comes from? Yeah. I've, I've, I'd never thought, I'd never realised that. Wow. Yeah, which, well, it's, it's live so learning. <laughs> well, it, I'll, I'll give you one step further of live learning. A lot of people assume it's a portmanteau of stalker fan, but apparently that's a retrospective etymology, and it is actually based around Stan, as in the Eminem song. Ah. Yeah. Like yeah. Makes lots of sense. If anyone listens to that song, and then they call themselves a Stan, maybe have a little think about yourselves. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, next up, we've got Angela Love from Oklahoma. She has a gimmick, doesn't she? She's a beautiful person. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but without the in, what's the opposite of all in? Non-in, Angela Love. <laughs> <laughs> Easy one there. And we'll end on Daniel Carter. Hardworking and love all Philadelphia sports. Loves Disney oh, as well. get out. <laughs> Army strong. Fly, Eagles, fly. Love my job. I still believe. 
So an England uh, England football fan, big into Billy and Skinner, especially the second version <laughs> of uh, Three Lions. <laughs> Based off that um, last line of just, I still believe, I really want him to be a Biffy Clyro fan. And maybe he can be called Mon the Daniel. <laughs> Do we know what job he loves, or he just miscellaneously loves a job? I think he's an army man, isn't he? Military man? Yeah, I think he's a military man. Yeah. Maybe hang out with Lacey Evans? Yeah. General Adnan? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, yeah, Sheik died, didn't he? He did. Recently. What was he in that group? Colonel Mustafa, is that it? Correct, yeah. Yeah, R.I.P. Sheik. For all you Sheik fans out there. Medi, mostly. I'm quite often described as cheeky. Cheeky beer. So that's it. The call-up sheet this week. Nice and simple. Hope that you're all pleased with your new gimmicks. We'll give you a shout-out. No, I'm not sure they will the... <laughs> <laughs> Once the episode is dropped over on Twitter. And thanks again for asking for your gimmicks. That means that we're on to the next section, which is what the nerds are watching. I've been watching you a la 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 long a la 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 long long li long 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 Come on! So, simple one here, lads. First up for discussion, surely, is Collision, the brand new AEW show that hit our screens on Saturday night. With Elton John on the soundtrack, which is a fantastic touch. And of course, headlined by the return of CM Punk. Sounds to me like it was the perfect uh, ingredients for a JCH night in, but it sounds like you fell asleep. <laughs> well, no, I had a bit of a busy weekend. Um, so I was out Saturday and then I did go to a wedding Sunday. So I was like, oh, I watched the collision on the train to the wedding. But it was in uh, not Chichester because I nearly went there on the train. Sirencester. Uh, luckily, <laughs> one of my friends told me the day before because I was going in the wrong direction at one point. Uh, but um, anyway, so yeah, it was uh, obviously... As you leave London, 4G is not that good. And on the train ride in the middle of Gloucestershire, I got through a first hour, which I very much enjoyed. A CM Punk promo and the Buddy Murphy Andrade match specifically was what I saw on the way there. Enjoyed both those immensely. Three of my favourite things in wrestling, Buddy Murphy, Andrade, and of course CM Punk. I feel it was setting up, I feel if it was anywhere bar Chicago, Punk's base, you almost sound like a Bret Hart 97 type thing yeah yeah um i feel like is there's a there's a heel run coming pretty soon is my main takeaway from that anyone have any other thoughts did you feel like the show felt different to dynamite yeah it had like a different set it didn't have uh had different um commentators i heard they're in a different position i didn't notice that myself on my ipad i also had (laughs) turnbuckle yeah no um i'm not I don't think it's like massively different, but it, you know, it wasn't the same. I mean, it's different in the way that like old school sort of Raw and SmackDown were different, maybe. Yeah, yeah. I haven't seen them for a while. I'm not sure what they're like now. But um, well, they had CM Punk on, so I'll continue to watch for a while. I heard it got around, I think it said around 600,000 for its first night, which on a Saturday night is pretty good, right? I have no idea what's good for ratings, if I'm honest, mate. Uh, <laughs> Ram, you're probably better off with that. Would you have an idea? Yeah, well, I mean... If you think what well, there's like seven billion people in the world and like 
half of them will probably be busy on a Saturday night. So they really should be doing around three and a half billion, I think. (laughs) (laughs) Anything else is a failure. It was an absolute failure and they're going to be out of business within a week. How about you, Brum? I know that um, you mentioned that you were going to steer clear, but I think that we should get stuck into it. What was your qualm with the punk promo? Well, I mean, and, and I think this touches on JCH's point about it being in Chicago, because if that promo is, I'm just like an edgelord loser, and you're all supposed to boo me because I'm deluded, that's fine, and that's done really well, because that's how it came across. If it's supposed to be cool tweener punk, I didn't get that at all. I got it as just, I found him actually quite repellent in that promo. And again, and this is what the really hard thing when you just see it in in a microcosm, because that could be exactly what they're doing. And JCH, who's, who's a fan, thinks that's where they're going. And that makes me feel a lot better, because if so, I think they're getting it right. But I think what threw me, because they're in Chicago, and because obviously everyone's whooping and hollering and all that fun, it kind of, for me, it felt like, wait, are they supposed to, is he supposed to be like a cool face, cool tweener? When he's like yeah. a 44-year-old man talking like a 13-year-old who's, like, fallen out with his parents. So I just found, yeah, I just found it a little bit repellent. But maybe that's what they were going for, and if so, well done. Did you note the part where he took the AEW logo off and threw it away? Off his mic stand? No, I didn't, actually. Yeah, that's what he did right at the start, which is obviously a little inkling towards the VPs, right? I mean, yeah, maybe. It's just all very silly, isn't it? But like, he's a he's a charismatic guy and and everything, and and there's still a lot of exciting things he can do. I'm I'm glad he's back, but I think yeah, the sooner he turns deluded, self indulgent heel, if he's not there already, I think the better because he's he's absolutely he's absolutely fantastic at that. Yeah, and the shaved head points towards that as well, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I, th- I think other points about Collision, right? The freshness of McGuinness and Kelly, so he made feel a, a bit like just. ROH. <laughs> right. Yeah, very until ROH. They brought, until they brought Jim Ross in, which is a nice touch. He's obviously not the commentator he was, but he's nice probably just as a bit of a novelty act in the main event or whatever, if, if that's how they want to use him. Did um, you see what, what he posted on his Twitter? No, no. So the night before Collision, he was at the airport with an absolute shocker of a shiner and he had a fall at home oh, um, and still did the show and then did the show and at points... He was kind of like a bit lost, obviously head injuries and everything. And afterwards, he put a message out saying that apologies for how I sounded. I'm going to take a step back because I need to heal, basically. Okay. So yeah, fair, um, like, fair play to him. Old school mentality, but also probably shouldn't travel by plane when you are uh, got a head injury. Yeah, I think that's probably quite reasonable, isn't it? Um, <laughs> the, the, yeah, only thing about collision. I, yeah, I agreed. I thought the, the Buddy Andrade match was, was good. You know the um, the Judas effect? I know he, he was doing it before. If I remember rightly, and I probably remember wrongly because that is mainly what I do, I don't remember him using it in AW because it makes the Judas effect look poorer. Or has he used that move before in AW? I can't remember him using it in AW, but I can definitely remember him using it. In NXT in particular. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that's where I remember it from. And it always looked sweet. You know, the kind of step in version he does, it's amazing, isn't it? But uh, yeah, I didn't remember him using it in AW because for that reason, because I thought it would like, obviously, I mean, you just don't do that because it's someone else's finisher. Do yeah. you not think that, because um, I think that move looks brilliant, but I always think, because I always forget it's coming, that he sort of missed, almost like botched a, something first. 
Yeah, yeah, right in close and, and doesn't do yeah. anything, and then just, just comes out of nowhere. It looks so cool. Yeah, it's, it's absolutely, yeah, it's absolutely fantastic, isn't it? But he was, he didn't look like he missed a beat, did he? he look, look fantastic. You mentioned before, but, but he's always great. I the, thought it was a really good, that, um, sorry if you mentioned it when I was just grabbing my food, but really good, sort of old school, like body parts selling on both sides, which I wasn't going into the match expecting. I was expecting more of a sort of PWG style, yeah, yeah, balls to the wall, like. Which had which had its moments as well, but just the, adding that added psychology into that match, I thought, and and then both of them sort of having to pick their moments and when they were going to use their injured body part as a weapon because it's still an integral part of their offense was uh, really added to the story of the match. Did you guys enjoy, or did you think it was a bit eye roll where they did their wives slash girlfriends moves? I liked it. <laughs> yeah, I liked it. I, yeah, I thought it was fun. You know, it's the mantra of this group, isn't it? Wrestling should be fun. And as long as you don't go overboard on that stuff, I think it was a fun little nod. I don't know what you guys thought. I, I didn't really notice until Conman said Andrade Flair was making when we were talking about the match. And I was like, oh, yeah, he did the figure eight, didn't he? And I forgot he was <laughs> he was uh, married to. So did he say, so I guess Buddy did the Rip Tamer thing? Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah. again, I know I watched the match and, and enjoyed the. Enjoyed it. But again, didn't clock that either. <laughs> what did you guys make of Early Doors title change? Something to uh, obviously grab viewers on the opening show? My highlight of it was Christian celebrating as if he'd won the title. Yes, correct. So good. <laughs> and I think Wardlow had sort of, I don't know, he, he's not been what he was coming off the MJF feud for a while. I still think they've got plenty of time to sort of bring him back to that level. Where if, yeah, going in a different direction and get him away from and the sort of in and out of the, the TNT title and having Christian basically be the champion whilst Lucas Royce has matches, I think would be uh, would be fun. And I like fun. Yeah. I think that title loss doesn't hurt Wardlow too much. I saw posts on Twitter being like, he's been buried, it's the end of his career, et cetera, et cetera. I don't think that's the case. Primarily because that title, the longest reign's like two weeks, right? <laughs> yeah, I've got I've just got no interest in that title for that reason. Imagine if people were right on Twitter. Imagine if Tony Khan came out and just went, after Wardlow dropping that title, I'm sacking him from AEW. <laughs> yeah. And I'm also, I've just paid off all the other promoters in the world that he can never wrestle again. He's done. <laughs> yeah. Um, it would be, that'd be a little bit of a surprise, wouldn't it? I guess. <laughs> what I did think, though, was because you know, remember earlier in the year when Jungle Boy was going on about wanting to have a singles title this year, and he had the Christian feud and the Luchasaurus match. And then obviously now Luchasaurus has won the title before him. So maybe it's a way to bring that back together or a way for, which I think is going to happen with Jungle Boy turning heel by losing all these title matches and turning on my boy Hook. Yeah. But he can use that as part of his, what's the word? Reasoning. That's not the word I'm looking for, but you know what I mean? Motivation. Yeah, yeah for sure. So then moving on to Dynamite, I know, Bram, you've got a lot of nice things to say about Dynamite this week. Obviously, yeah, kicked off. Well, actually, quick thing on Collision that I was just going to mention. Yeah, sure. Like, I, don't, I don't know if I'm different to everyone else here. I really could not give a shit about Scorpio Sky. Am I missing something here? Is he hot? Are you guys fans of him? Am I just missing him? It wasn't a part. I do now remember that promo. But yeah, it didn't grab me. I, I, I'll wait and see. Not No judgment yet. But yeah, it wasn't like when I heard Andrade and Miro and were coming back, I was like, oh, good. They're my people I've missed on TV. Scorpio Sky, not so much, I guess. Yeah, I feel like it's a smart move to put him on that show, though, because it does feel a bit like the show where they've got all the runts of the litter 
not a nice phrase, but you know what I mean. <laughs> um, people that have been left on the side. And Scorpio Sky is definitely someone of that ilk. I really liked some of the stuff that he did. I particularly liked him in SoCal and Censored. So yeah, let's hope that he's able to kind of generate some positivity whilst he's on that show. Because I can't see him being on Dynamite for a while. But to answer your first question, Ross, yeah, it's weird. I mean, I'm not very good with time or months or when things happen. Dad's brain, really. But Dynamite went through that quite long period of feeling mostly bland and having the odd bit on it. Now it feels like it's sort of firing on all cylinders most weeks. And I thought this was another another really good week, not just building to, to kind of forbidden door, but just everything around it. The MJF Cole promo from the prior week was good, which led into the, well, I thought it was a really good match between the two of them this week, which I thought was booked to perfection, finished exactly how it should have been. The MJF fucking off for five minutes at the end, just done right, which actually then sets up, I think when, when it looked like it was going to be MJF Cole next, didn't really tickle my giblets, but everything so far, they've not really missed a beat. And I'm actually looking forward to where it's going now. And if you'd have asked me a month ago, if I thought that'd be the case, I would have disagreed. So I think that's all hot. Yeah, I guess before we move on, guys, what were your thoughts on MJF Cole? Uh, for me, Cole needed that match. It felt like he hasn't had a work rate banger for quite some time in AEW. Um, and it was a reminder of black and gold, Adam Cole. Put him in there with MGF meant that all the stuff that used to kind of turn me off him a little bit because he was a heel and he would be doing things that were kind of facey was perfect because MGF is the best villain that they've got. So it was brilliant on that side of things. Work rate side of things was amazing. Loved all the little nods that MGF does to all the classic heels in the past. He did the HPK pose. He did the Rick Rude pose. He did the Eddie Guerrero light sheet steel stuff. Or shall I say the Nathan Cruz light sheets still stuff? <laughs> <laughs> Piper eye gouge. Yes, yeah, the Piper eye gouge, which then led into almost the WrestleMania 8 spot as well, didn't it, with the face having the title. But this time Cole hit him because, as we've seen in the, in the past, he's a heel at heart. So, yeah, loved it. Do you think that was his highlight of Dynamite? Or do you think uh, referring to, to Tanahashi as a rando from a rinky-dinky indie fed in Japan? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he was. He, he does hate New Japan, doesn't he? Um, yeah, no, I, so I had similar feelings to you guys. A really good match, and yeah, as Ross was, you, I was uh, thumbs up in. Whilst you were saying exactly that stuff, the stuff that turned you off, Carl, when he was a heel, acting like a baby face. Now he's so actually a face makes sense. And uh, yeah, the finish, the timing, because obviously not having the clock on, and the fact they do announce time limits every time means you can throw that in every now and then and not be like give it away by saying it. So, uh, yeah, that was great. I really enjoyed that. And then elsewhere on Dynamite, we had a lot of Forbidden Door stuff going on, which was exciting. Um, is there anything on the Forbidden Door show coming up this Sunday that you're particularly looking forward to? Do you want a really cold take answer? Because <laughs> probably quite quite keen on watching a card of Brian Danielson and Kenny Omega versus Will Ospreay. I think it yeah. might be all right. Do you reckon um, that we're going to get Garcia and Zach winning tomorrow night and then those two matches being added as singles? Yeah, I, I, yeah, I wasn't 100% sure which way around the wins would be, whether you'd get the uh, matches on being... Because if uh, Cassidy and Shibata won, you could put Zach's title on the line. Yeah. But your your way makes more sense because it'd be both. And they could fall away as well, couldn't they? Also, that, um, that promo that Zach did was really fun as well with Orange yeah. Cassidy. Hello, Orange Boritz. 
he, I mean, he's just the best thing in the world, isn't he? I'll tell you what, so, I'm, what I'm most excited for. Sonata v Jungle Boy. No one believes that. Yeah. I, know, I know everyone here is like an anti-Sonata guy, but I actually think Sonata and Jack Perry is a really interesting combo. I think that could be generally an interesting match there. So, yeah. And I think I, it's I'm, a massive shame that the booking of Jack Perry over the last two months or whatever will really hit that match because if it was the Jack yeah. Perry of a year ago, people would be so excited for him getting an IWGB heavyweight title match. Be so yeah. behind him. And at the moment, it just kind of, yeah, it's just not what it was. And that's a massive shame in my book. That's a really fair point, Ross, yeah. I think I'm, I'm generally also, I think I'm really interested in MJF Tanahashi. Not for how they'll get out of it with a finish, but yeah, I think it'll just be really surreal because they just feel like just two different worlds. Um, you think it'll um, happen? Yeah, I do actually. You think he'll show up? He might not get taken his place by someone else. No, I know they're kind of sowing seeds for it and stuff, but and maybe this is me just being a goof, but I feel that they will do on Jeff Tanahashi. I kind of want that match to be Tanahashi doing New Japan star wrestling and MJF only hitting like WWF moves like he's 2005. What was his name? The guy that was Bischoff's nephew. Uh, what was his name? Big Curly Air. Brad Maddox. Garrett, Garrett Bischoff. <laughs> no. Are you Eugene? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> like so throughout the whole match he only hits pedigrees stunners <laughs> i'm excited for that match just because i think that mgf is going to really lay into the i'm not an indie wrestler shtick and it'll be quite funny yeah no yeah i, thought I think it'd be really good i also did love the well, more for the post-match well i mean the match itself was really good bcc hung books but the like aw are really good at mad attitude era mental post-match finishes to shows i think they get that right a lot of times and this one was just wild you know just eddie popping up will all of that stuff i thought it was really good yeah it was very smackdown 2001 wasn't it yeah, <laughs> yeah it was a good finish to the show and left you wanting well excited to see next next week yeah, sure. you got a, bit of, got a bit of will on rampage as well which i did see yeah i saw that he flew out to rev pro and then went back to do aw i think pretty insane Hey, what? He did Rev Pro on the weekend. Yeah, but, she, but Rampage was before then. Yeah, but he's going to be on Dynamite tomorrow night. Oh, right. yeah, yeah, go back up. Yeah, sure. So I thought you meant he went in between Rampage and Dynamite. I'm sure they tape it straight afterwards. <laughs> well, they, they've done you there, Ross, with the, with the put it on two days later. They have, yeah. <laughs> like the ITV. But the, um, it's like, yeah, Rick Rude with, with his cash. One thing that we haven't talked about in terms of AW is the women's division. Um, yeah. The outgas are really annoying, but obviously that's kind of the point of them, I guess. And I have been from day one, but fuck me, Willow Nightingale's a star, isn't she? So good and feels quite over at the moment. You're going to get her and Tony on for Door. Well, they seem to be pushing Sky Blue as well, don't they? Mm. She's got the New Japan title, hasn't she? New Japan Strong yeah. title. Yeah, she well, got the pin yeah. over Ruby on Collision, right? No, Sky Blue got the pin on Collision. Yeah, that's what I mean. Oh, sorry, yeah. I thought we were talking about Willow. Yeah. Her code red. Is that? I hope that I presume that's called code blue, right? <laughs> Surely. <laughs> if it's not, what are they doing? If it's not, I'm not watching AW anymore. Um, <laughs> the, um, I love her weird variation. I know it's not organic, but it's a fun move, isn't it? Yeah, it looked good. But yeah, but Willow doing a pounce and a gut wrench powerbomb and a Death Valley driver. She just <laughs> does the best moves. Yeah. Um, 
So you yeah. hear that stat that was in the quiz last week, and I also put it on Twitter that Ruby Riot, Ruby Soho, hasn't won a title in wrestling since 2016. Yeah, I was, I was aware she'd been a long time without gold. She kept losing in the finals of all the tournaments for AEW, didn't she? And, yeah. Uh, was, well, there's actually, there's actually any of the Rubies won anything? Or was was it Heidi Lovelace when she last won something? I think she probably was Heidi, yeah. yeah. Has anyone called Ruby won anything? Never. <laughs> <laughs> now there's a question, listeners. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't think of any other Rubies. <laughs> the one from the Kaiser Chiefs song. Ruby from EastEnders maybe beat Charles Crowley. <laughs> <laughs> She's not still in it, is she? <laughs> she was in it when I was watching it. <laughs> what about what about Skiff Sheffield, Ruback? <laughs> <laughs> the Kangarubies, they won earlier. <laughs> this is uh, disintegrating quickly. <laughs> is there anything else AEW-wise that, that uh, you guys wanted to get behind? Not that jumps out. No. Okay. Just um, oh yes, there is rampage. Either I had a fever dream, or Mark Briscoe, his dad, and Aubrey Edwards for Jay Lethal, Jeff Jarrett, and Karen Jarrett. Correct. Yeah. But, I mean, that is just why is that not main event in all in? I'm going to be watching that after we Absolutely. wrap up. That's about where I got to on rampage. <laughs> I saw the physicality between them, and it was very ECW '99. In my brain, it just had uh, Jerry Styles screaming cat fight. Yeah, it was just yeah, it was just very special, wasn't it? But anyway, there we go. Yeah, that was it from me. Uh, so I'll quickly touch on WWE stuff. Last night for us was Raw, and we had a discussion offline in the group about the way that Finn Balor held himself under the scrutiny of the relentless singing of Seth Rollins' theme tune during his promo. which the content of it seemed really exciting in terms of I've been waiting seven years to get hold of you. You took everything away from me, et cetera, et cetera, from the SummerSlam match where he ripped his arm off basically and lost, well, had to give up the universal title just a day after he won it. It was honestly relentless and he was a little bit deer in headlights. I don't know how he could have stopped it to be honest because it was honestly relentless. Yeah, it was tough to watch at points and Seth didn't really help him out in any way. They, yeah, just kind of let him die on his ass. But this week, they really redeemed Finn Balor. The show kicked off with Seth Rollins coming out. He's in his get-up and he's doing the bit where he's getting the fans to sing along. And then during the entrance in the ring... And the lights are still off and everything. Finn Balor attacks from behind. Pretty brutal attack. Sends him to the outside. And he hits two stomps that he left a lot in on them. And the commentary sold it as if Seth Rollins might not make it to NXT tonight to face Bron Breaker, etc, etc, etc. And then afterwards, he attacked him backstage as well. So that was great that they managed to get some heat back on Finn Balor because unfortunately the crowd sent him a bit sideways last week. So that's my highlight from Raw, other than the brilliant six-man match in the main event where KO, Zayn and Cody were over like Rover. Those fans love those guys, which is awesome to see. And then on SmackDown, of course, we had the next instalment of The Bloodline where it was time for Jay to make his choice. I was under the impression that they might have even dragged this out for a bit longer, but 
this was the final nail in the coffin for the bloodline as we know it. And Jay Uso sided with Jimmy. And we've got a Civil War match at Money in the Bank, which we're going to in London, which is going to be a lot of fun. Solo and Roman against the Usos. The pop was amazing. I was borderline feeling really emotional because obviously I've been the guy that's been pulling for Jay for absolutely fucking years to be the guy to pull the trigger. And he finally did it. And whether that means it's going to be him as the guy, we still don't know because who knows with the WWE, they seem to just not pull the trigger on getting that person to beat Roman. But I'm very, very excited for it. And it came across brilliantly. I was going to say actually that the first kick was kind of like shock and solo kind of took it all in, took his time, then went after them. And then they double kicked him. They were left lying. And Paul Heyman's outside with that classic hands on his head, mouth open shot, which I'm sure that you can all see in your heads as as I talk about it. And then Roman kind of struggled himself back up. And then they hit him with a second one, a double one. And my comment on that was that it was brilliantly done. And it was impactful because on collision... When Malachi Black's group, the House of Black, were doing it to Andrade, I felt it kind of felt a bit flat. Like they kind of took a long time without really hitting him with too much damage. And it took forever. And it was a bit like kind of fell a bit off for me personally. Whereas I felt that the SmackDown version was pretty much done to her perfection. Just my opinion. But yeah, I absolutely loved it. I don't know if you guys have seen it or heard about it. What's your thoughts on the Civil War of the Bloodline? I mean, I think the crazy thing with the the bloodline is I don't really follow WWE too actively, but I watch most pay-per-views, well, the ones that have an interesting Roman or bloodline thing going on because this is just such an unbelievable storyline and they keep getting a lot of mileage out of it. It's not like they're beating a dead horse. This is like, it's as interesting as it's ever been, right? I mean, maybe others would disagree with me. Maybe, and maybe actually it's easier for me because I just dip in and out. So once every couple of months, I'll watch something. Maybe if you're watching it every week, it, it does feel a bit tired. But definitely for me, I think it still feels really fresh. And unlike you guys, I'm not going to be in the flesh at Money in the Bank, but I will watch it, not just because it's a UK pay-per-view and the possibility of Pete Dunne winning money in the bank and all that exciting stuff but I would anyway just for this story um, the one thing I had for you Ross is what next I guess do you think what route they're going after this because this is a pretty big deal is there almost a temporary reunion or is the bloodline going separate ways yeah so I kind of just see it as being they're building towards Jay and Roman at SummerSlam right what's that two pay-per-views away August mm. so yeah I feel like they need to build the momentum towards that and they've got plenty of momentum that they can do towards it. And obviously that family are so deeply enriched in wrestling that they can go down so many routes of bringing new people in as well. So it doesn't necessarily have to stop with these four either. It could be a chance for, I don't know the contract situation, but obviously you've got the likes of Jacob Fatu. You've obviously got Tama Tonga in New Japan. I don't know their contract situations, but there's definitely possibilities. And I saw today actually the, I can't remember the promotion that are putting him on, but this weekend, Umaga's son is making a debut for someone in America. Oh, wow. So, yeah. Do, I feel like think... this is um, the start of Jay versus Roman again. And do you think Jay's got better odds than, or better than a 5% chance of beating Roman at SummerSlam? Yeah. Yeah. I feel like this might be the one that they pulled the trigger on. Yeah. No. Wow. Ross, have you ever had this story called The Boy Who Cried Wolf? <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. But, uh, <laughs> I like Brum's uh, sort of just dips in for the pay per views. Basically, like you sort of you're there for when Phil Mitchell got shot, and you're there for the reveal of who shot Phil Mitchell. But you're not sticking around watching Jim Browning take Viagra to have sex with Doc Cotton on his marriage night. Are you? <laughs> I'm only here for the Sonya B stories. <laughs> um, 
<laughs> yeah, I guess it's almost like a fate complete, right? That people think that Roman's now just going to lose the title at Mania to someone and everything before it is just a, a, a fun story along the way. But you obviously don't fall into that camp, Ross. You, you Jay, yeah, leave. I kind of... I kind of believe, yeah. And um, I'm pretty sure that Roman Reigns' heel turn happened at SummerSlam 2020, maybe? 2020? 2021? When he attacked Bray Wyatt after his match, I think. It's a nice little bit of um, circular storytelling there. Uh, That was What the Nerds Are Watching. Let's move on to the round table. This week, the round table is wrestling should be fun, organized, and we're going through the predictions that we made at the start of the year. So everyone made five predictions and we're halfway through the year. So we were thinking this would be a good kind of halfway roundup to see how everyone's doing. Get those points that Dom loves. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm going to start with people that aren't here. Um, and then we'll move on to the main event of our three picks. Can I just say, after I wasn't here on the prediction pod, and was very harshly judged for my predictions and saw everyone else's just be like, oh, yeah, I have half a point. I'm going to be Simon fucking Cowell. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> no big red buzzer for you. No half points. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's start with Conman. Conman's first pick was FTR versus DYI to happen in WWE, which is a big X on that one. Oh, he's going to miss that one, yep. Did you say DIY or DUI? Because that's Jeff. That's the Hardy Boys, isn't it? <laughs> or, or the Usos. <laughs> then he had. One Imagine match. if the Hardy Boys and the Usos had a clean piss on a pole match. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Then he had a pretty convoluted one, but a pretty fun one of Omega this year to have a match with Okada, another match with Osprey, and a match with Ibushi. And all three of those to feature in the top five of Meltzer's ratings for 2023. So potentially he's going to hit that with Osprey at least. 0.33 of a point. Bollocks. Yep. I'm sure that we're all hoping that the, uh, that one comes in because that would be fantastic. Next one that he's got is still up in the air. He's got Crowley to win Progress Gold. Not necessarily the title, just gold in general. Yeah, that could happen. Next one, sadly, he got wrong. He got almost half a point. His was um, Macklin and Speedball to be the next two Impact champs. And it was Macklin and Shells. Correct. I thought Macklin won it off someone after Alexander vacated it. Oh, he's still one of the two. Yeah, sorry. Shut up, Harris. <laughs> <laughs> next up, one that's probably not going to happen now at this point, was Millie to be pictured with all the belts. He said that there would be a picture, Ultimo Dragon style, of Millie McKenzie holding all the titles. Sadly, she hasn't won any in the UK, but she is the current champion of a promotion in Spain called Tyrus. Mm. So, you know, still current champion as well. So that's, what's that? Zero. Zero, but three are still possible. Yeah, yeah. Well, technically, they're all still possible. The FDR one seems the least likely, but... Yeah. We're moving on to Oscar next. The first one that he had was Leon Slater to win singles gold. Unfortunately, he hasn't done that yet. Just anywhere. Yeah. Still got a chance, yeah. Uh, next, he said Punk would go to WWE, mm. which was incorrect. Well, he did go to Raw, didn't he? So That's true. That is true. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were supposed to be Simon Cowling. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. So he bought a ticket. Two points. 
<laughs> Two points. <laughs> I think potentially this is his first correct one. We'll I would put this up to the, the galley. New Japan to be interesting this year. Yeah. Yeah, it has. Yeah, the the last New Japan show I was um, I was massively into. Dominion, was it Dominion the last one? Should know this. Um Yes, yeah, it was, yeah. yeah. But yeah, what just yeah, really interesting. Loads of stuff going off. Yeah. So that's I one point. I'll allow one it. Point, Oscar. Interesting. Sadly, this one hasn't come in yet. Do rag to make his debut. <laughs> and that's when we all want. That's gonna come in at unboxing, isn't it? <laughs> Please. James, if you're listening, make it happen. And last but not least, he went for a feud between Wardlow and MJF, which Wardlow could only dream of at the moment. <laughs> yeah, Wardlow's so more likely to be in the corner for Arn Anderson versus MJF, I think. Yeah. <laughs> I'd say one. I, I, to be fair, the Punk WWE, I'd almost accept a technicality because I think you could make a, a challenge for that. But um, we'll go with one for now. But you know, he might be able to win us over and, and claim a second point at the end of the year. <laughs> Next up, we've got Roe. Uh, Roe got Ripley to win the Royal Rumble in the bag. He also had Bianca to retain at Mania in the bag. Unfortunately, he went for Stone Cold to have a match at Mania. Mm. Not in the bag. And the fun one that he went with was Rousey versus Baszler in a fight pit match. Ooh. Still could happen, but... Are they the tag champions now? Currently, yeah. So, two there? Yeah. Good score. Wait, didn't you just read out four? Was there a fifth? Oh, oh yeah. Sorry. So, the, the... so confident, and he went with four. <laughs> the fifth one was the uh, titles get split at WrestleMania. Roman loses to Cody, but he beats The Rock. That's wrong. That is wrong. <laughs> it's not happening. <laughs> no half points. Next up, we've got Andrew. This is unbelievable, this, this shout. Karen Jarrett in AEW. Correct. I think he's just won. <laughs> I think he moved all the rest of the in there. <laughs> yeah. I listened like, to the podcast earlier today, and Brum said immediately afterward that, that uh, that's the only one that he hopes comes true. And you know, <laughs> well done, Brum. But honestly, I think it's not really about the amount of points you get because everyone can go really dry. It's about how bold he picks and how well you yeah. land, and, and that means I, I mean, no one's beating Andrew really. <laughs> <laughs> He got another one um, straight afterwards. He said that um, Zayn and Owens would win the tag titles. Good work, yep. I think at that point, Zayn was still in the bloodline, so that's decent. Yep. Next up, he went for a New Japan wrestler in the Rumble, which was incorrect, I think. I'm pretty sure Yama was in there. (laughs) (laughs) Did the road dog just lay under the ropes? <laughs> and his last, he only picked four. His last one was FTR and Punk to go to WWE. Not quite. Not quite. I think he meant collision. Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> I think collision was held in WWE Chicago. Two <laughs> <laughs> points, solid. Next up, we've got Editor Phil. Shout out to Editor Phil. I hate these fucking southern fairies. Uh, first up, he went for Warner Brothers to buy WWE. They didn't, did they? No. What, who bought it? DAZN. Endeavour, is that what they're called? Endeavour, sorry, yeah, that's it. CM Punk to become AEW champion? He's got a chance. Got a chance. What was Seems it? Seems a little bit. What? How long we got? Well, we got six months. Yeah, chance of it, isn't there? All in, main event, Punk MJF. 
Yeah. Then we've got um, a similar pick to one that will come up later. RKJ and Michael Oku to appear on AEW. Got a chance. Yeah. Jericho told Oku he was booked, so he's off. I mean, I'd give a point if anyone had written Oku would appear on AEW because Jericho said it. And Jericho's never lied in his life. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if anyone else made that. but <laughs> Do you think it'll be harder now they're not doing like all the dark and dark elevation-y stuff? Yeah, they're not doing that at all now. Does Well, here's one. Does ROH count? It probably doesn't on a technicality, does it? Depends who made the picks. <laughs> <laughs> I'd say ROH wouldn't count. No. Then he's got one right. He said RKJ to win gold in progress. Yeah. Yeah, he did. And then we have ourselves his final pick, which was Hikuleo to join the WWE. Still could happen. Deadline, baby. There you go. That is is everyone, I believe everyone else. Oh, no. Also, John. Let's do John and Josh as well. Sorry. Let's start with Josh. So here's a shout. Is this correct or not at this point? Well, he texted me earlier about one, and I think is what you're going to say. <laughs> <laughs> has Callum Newman joined the United Empire at this point? Yeah, has he not? Like, well, he's was it? Let me say the the message he sent me, which was a unless he's doctored a Twitter, which he might. <laughs> he said, "Prince of Paris is a." Hang on, I thought assumed the um, tweet was from Will Osprey. It's from someone called Kingpin Bro. I think he's going to get it right, but it says. Prince of Pace of Fisty, a young lion for the United Empire. Here's the big things in his future. But the Twitter, and I've zoomed in on it, it's by someone called Cole with a goat. It's like Andy or Joe. Does a young boy count as in the stable? Well, he's a young lion for the United Empire. So, yeah, it's a good question. It's a good he's question. Not, Does it count? He's not on Wikipedia under their member list. <laughs> <laughs> Brum's just taking him out. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm saying no, Josh. I'm sorry, mate. Uh, yeah. It looks like it could be true in the near future, but it needs to be true in the next six months. Though, Josh, Callum Newman isn't there, but United Empire have actually just signed James Madison for 50 million quid. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, next up, he went with an AEW or a New Japan wrestler to win a WWE title. An A what? So. Whilst they're contracted to AEW or New Japan. So whilst he made that prediction, they were contracted to either. So, for example, Dragon Lee, I think, is a good shout. We're not looking for all that bollocks, are we? Someone moves companies and wins a title. Come on. It's a bit vague. I think that's a good shout. Stop being harsh. (laughs) Do you think Peter Avalon will fight Roman at SummerSlam? (laughs) Or Master (laughs) Waito? Next up, he's got Cody versus Dustin to happen in the WWE. I I mean, so he can't give it a no yet, but my hand's hovering over that buzzer. Oh, I mean, it's it's a chance it could happen one day, but I probably wouldn't guess his calendar yet. Does Dustin leave AW and then do have one last? Because he did right. say at the start of the year that this was going to be his last year, right, Dustin? Yeah, so maybe. Hmm. Did WWE do an equivalent of unboxing? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And New Japan wrestler's going to win a title there as well at the same time. <laughs> Next up, we've got Takeshita to win an AEW championship. He's got a good chance. I mean, everyone in the roster will probably have won the TNT title by the end of the year, the way it's going. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe Takeshita might be Orange Cassidy. That's a great shout. That's a really good shout, JCH, actually. Mm-hmm. Really good shout. I think he's got a good chance there. And then his last one, 
was specific mm -hmm. to Brum and Conman. He said that Bray versus Howdy would be good at WrestleMania, and <laughs> his version of good was that Brum and Conman would have liked it. Yeah, you skipped me off it. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to put that down as an X. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we saw it in our dreams, and it wasn't good. <laughs> our nightmares. <laughs> then we got John who started off saying Zayn and Owens would be the next champs. So big ding, ding, ding for him. Then that he said Osprey versus Omega would happen for the IWGP Heavyweight Championship. Oof. Oof. Unfortunate, isn't it? Well, yeah, to be fair, when we did it, it'd been, wasn't it even just after the Tokyo Dome? Or, like, you can't... Yeah, I think it was just after, yeah. Yeah, because I remember someone saying, oh, if Adam's next year's Tokyo Dome, does that count? And we said we'd give him it. <laughs> give him uh, you, well you lot said you'd give him like the extra four days <laughs> i wasn't there but i think that's what was said so he's got time but i think i don't think it's been for the iwgp and then neither of those two are on sonada's level are they <laughs> next up he's been undone by injury here he said that ethan page and alexander would tag team yeah that's a shame genuine shame that was i wasn't sarcasm yeah next shout he went for is his favorite wrestler of all time Nick Aldis to be Impact Champion. That's got a great shout. He's got a title shot, hasn't he? Yeah. Yeah. What, what a great that, call that would be if that comes on. Is that better than Karen Jarrett? I'm not sure. Maybe a slight number two to Karen Jarrett. Maybe second, maybe, yeah. And then his final one, <laughs> because he just watched the Lucky Coin EC3 match, <laughs> he said EC3 to return to WWE and to control Braun's narrative. <laughs> <laughs> Has that happened? <laughs> not yet, not yet. Still searching for that lucky coin that he put down himself. Shape shifted into ricochet. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we've reached a point where it's got the people that are on the pod. So I'll start with myself. I've gone for Butch to win Money in the Bank. Cool. Which, which is plausible. That's a really great shout. That is a really great shout, Ross. That is in it. I know. Um, if that was a prediction, I mean, I'd Cal CH won't do it, but um, I, I think that's <laughs> Half a point, I'd give you for that, mate. <laughs> He's in a bloody company. Like, if he touches the briefcase, it's half a point. <laughs> it's a good one. I hope it comes true for you, Ross. So you can have, you can earn a full deserved point, not one of these charity participation half points. Next up, I went with something that I thought would genuinely happen, but it doesn't look like it's going to happen. But there's still time. Uh, Ric Flair to wrestle. <laughs> Love it. I think it'll happen. <laughs> a pretty fun one that hasn't come true yet, but could potentially, as they've got more shows now. I said that AEW would bring back the Battle Bowl for an episode. Mm. Still could happen. Yeah, do you think it'll be like a special dynamite or something? Yeah, that sort of thing. You know, like when they did like Bash at the Beach and things like that. This one could happen. They are number one contenders. Pretty deadly to win the tag titles on the main roster. Yeah, that'd be a great shout if that came in, Ross. There's only one tag title at the moment. Yeah. Feels unlikely, doesn't it? I don't know. Like, if, if someone's got to win it, well, they don't, do they? They could just have the same people have it all <laughs> I think they're as good a shout as anyone to win it. <laughs> yeah, I feel like it could be next year, but they're doing brilliantly. Loving it. Then my last one was a brave one that doesn't look like it's going to happen, but they did tag together in Riot Cabaret. I said Dawkins and Trevay to be tag champs. Oh, yeah, good. I like it. Injuries again, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, maybe next year, mate. 
So that's what zero, but possibly one. <laughs> possibly five. You know. <laughs> Who wants to main event out of you two? I think JCH should main event. Okay. So Brum. <laughs> so this was a pertinent point that you said on the podcast. Having listened back, you gave yourself a half point here because <laughs> you said Kana would return at the Rumble, and you said it would be a full point if with name change and half point if it's not with name change. I must have had a couple of beers. Same. <laughs> and then sadly, the half points have been got rid of since then. <laughs> I've got a point. Under the new system, you've got a point. Um, <laughs> <laughs> then your next pick was also correct. Rhea to win at WrestleMania. I questioned whether it was a bit brave to say actually at Mania, but you did very well there, mate. Well done. Yeah, and for a penny and for a pound. <laughs> the exact phrase that you used on the last podcast. <laughs> <laughs> this one could potentially happen, but things need to happen pretty swift. Golden Lovers to win the AEW tags. Not impossible. Tight. Not impossible. Thoughts, JCH? I don't think they'll win the belts. I wouldn't be shocked to see them. I guess, like, I feel like they need to do some Kenny Omega singles feuds. I can't, they got they can't keep putting him in trios and tag teams when he's that, that good a star. I know he's not my favourite, but he's been having some good stuff when when he gets to have these singles matches. So I feel like they need to just push him as a single star. I feel he might get you might get an odd tag match. I wouldn't be shocked to see a Boosie turn up and have a tag match. I don't feel like they can really put him going after the gold. I think he needs to sort of go for the main title. We might yeah, I think sadly you're right. I think for my well. Good for wrestling, but sadly for my predictions, I think you're right. <laughs> but then they seem to write their own storyline, so you'll <laughs> you'll probably be more likely to write. <laughs> Next up, Brown went, went with a very brave three-parter. He went with Brian Danielson to win the AEW title, to face Zack Sabre in London, and to face Okada at Forbidden Door. So one out of three definitely come true. With I, think, two... I, think, I think Zach's not a bad shout for London. Yeah, I think it's got. It'll be if that Nigel thing doesn't happen, it'll be Zach. Yeah, yeah, I think they're the two most, the, the two most obvious ones. I don't think if he'll win M- the title now. He's had his no, shot. no. I think I also think if MJF wasn't champion and we had a face champion because BCC is so hot, I thought you know that heel Danielson champ could could happen, but it's it's not enough time now for MJF to drop the title to a face and then someone to lose it to Danielson, is it? So it's fine. I'll take sixty I'll take not point six seven. Yeah. <laughs> that was as you've got playing by your own rules and you're the only person allowed to get <laughs> <laughs> it was a brave shout and a bold shout and I liked it. Yeah, I mean I mean to, I mean to be fair that like um calling Danielson a carder at Forbidden Door is a pretty good shout. Very good shout. Yeah. And thank you for manifesting it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and last but not least for yourself, um, similar to Coleman's Roman Reigns to go the whole year, pick the previous year. You went with the same situation, but with Spike Trevay at Progress. And it's so far looking very good for you, mate. Yeah, and, and, and actually, I know that, that, sorry that this just sounds like me just blowing smoke up my own ass. I think <laughs> that, like now, in retrospect, but I think that was a really bold shout, 1st of January, or whatever it was, 4th of January to, to call. And I think it's going to be, it's about 50-50, I'd say. Yeah, we mentioned it offline. JCH, as Simon Cowell of the group, would you give Bram a point if he loses the title at Unboxing the day before? What, what do you think? 
Like, no, you've just like you, you, you've you've got a caveat of saying that John Collins can have a point if it happens at the next year's Wrestle Kingdom, which was like a year from the pod. So I, I'd, I'd allow I'd, I'd allow Brum if Spike Bay lost on the first of Jan to have his point. Mm. If he loses on the thirtieth, it's just unfortunate. I mean, it's a good effort. I don't expect. A, I don't expect a full point, but I want three hundred and sixty-four days. <laughs> of the I want not point nine nine seven two six zero two seven four points. If he loses, <laughs> so, so I've, got, to... I've got somewhere between zero and eight points there. I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Very well done on the ones that you did get, though, mate. Nice one. Thank you. And then we end on the main event. That is JCH. He went with his favorite wrestler of all time in his first pick. He went with Michael Oku to show up in AEW. And as he's already said, Jericho has already sport it for everyone. So that's a point. I have a point for that. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> Where do you see him being in AEW? Where does he fall? I don't think he'll be like a lot. Um, I think he'll just might make an appearance this year, like in maybe on like a, well, if they do a show over here or something like that. Do you think they might do a um? Do you think on Forbidden Door, not Forbidden Door, uh, All In? Do you think that they might do something where they maybe have a couple of the odd Brit West indie start there? Not necessarily in like a, a singles match, or but like maybe in like a kind of a schmozzy, I don't know, rumbly type match or something like that, just to get some UK guys on the show. Or I think I think it's more like to, if it's on at Wembley, it's more like to be like a dark. Match. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I meant. Yeah, yeah. Um, I would uh, see. Uh, which, yeah, maybe like pre-show. If they do a pre-show, they usually do a buy-in, don't they? Yeah. Uh, I guess that's not really going to help them buy in because people won't know who they are. But um, like maybe a buy, like a pre-show to the buy-in. I it wouldn't shock me if they had yeah some sort of little like six-man or six-person match going on. I say the the fact that dark elevation doesn't really exist as much anymore. Does it still does, doesn't exist at all? No, no. Neither of them. No, they got rid of them, yeah. Yeah, that's probably going to hurt me because I think it's more likely you might get a get match on like a Ring of Honor taping or something. Um, the, the, is, um, is, do we think Do we think Rampage will be a little bit more darky, maybe? And the Rampage just seems to have a lot of people who don't work for AW on it these days. <laughs> Which is perfect for your pick. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, well, that's a good point. That's a good point, yeah. Maybe if they do a Rampage taping, we'll get a bit of Oku. But um, yeah, hopefully we'll get him. UK Rampage, Battle Royal, done. <laughs> uh, next up, you picked Derby to retire Sting. I think that could be happening, mate. At Wembley is my yeah. That's my updated. But is that is that in a as in retirement as in in a singles match? Yeah, I pretty. I mean, I know I wasn't on the point. I'm pretty sure. I don't know if I wrote singles match, but I meant singles match. Yeah, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't accept a point for anything other than a singles match. Does it just feel a bit short to do that? Because that'd have to be a story, right? I thought I thought they've been like putting little bits bits out there every so often. Do you feel like um it ends with like Sting handing him his coat or something? Yeah, or like or like his uh hovercraft to get up to the rafters or whatever it is. Hoverboard. <laughs> hovercraft. <laughs> I, I think it finishes with Lex Luger betraying Derby. <laughs> <laughs> well, Lex Luger has said that his dream on Twitter was to visit Old Trafford, so it wouldn't be too far away. <laughs> he does look a bit like Mark Bosnich. <laughs> I bet they've got the same dealer. <laughs> Next up, you went with oh Gabriel Kidd to win the Rev Pro title. Yeah. 
still he's now obviously made it into New Japan. Yeah, which is, yeah a good sign for former uh, Rev Pro champions. I mean that that's that was just one of my favourite things about Dominion. Just all those lads popping up, like Kid and Maloney and the. Uh, it was the Maloney, he, did, he did a fucking David Unsworth, didn't he? He was like joined a club for three months and started off to another one. <laughs> Does that make United Empire Villa? Yeah. <laughs> I also like the guy, the look of the guy with the tash. Like he looks Clark like Conner. he should be like an Aussie. No, cooker. Coughlin. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we've seen him over here a couple of times. I like him. Then. This one, I think, is definitely a uh, correct answer for you, JCH. You, you said CM Punk to return to AEW. Yeah, that's one. That's basically three I've got now. <laughs> no, I don't, I, I don't think that counts because he ripped the uh, the sign off the microphone, didn't he? <laughs> <laughs> Love it. And last but not least, you predicted that Vince McMahon would be a cunt. Yeah, points galore. <laughs> <laughs> That's the easiest one there was, wasn't it? I mean, if he was going to come back, it was going to happen. Yeah. So I've got a bit of a plug connected to that. By the way, a plug of something that I'm not connected to in any way, but just <laughs> something that I listen to. Do you want to do what the nerds are listening to? Oh, you a... listen to it now? Yeah, there's like a non-wrestling podcast called Behind the Bastards who kind of go through like the current people or people in history who are just dickheads, essentially, and go through why they're horrible people. And their longest one to date was Henry Kissinger, but they've done one on Vince McMahon and it ended up being a six-parter. Like, so it's like six hours plus. Well, actually, some of them, I think, nearly two hours long. So it's like must be a nine-ten-hour podcast. But yeah, it was quite an interesting listen. Not loads of fresh stuff, but went into quite a lot of detail about some things. And it was like, yeah, a really intense episode of Dark Side of the Ring. Sometimes it's a bit weird because obviously you listen to two of the guys in it are wrestling fans, but the main host isn't a wrestling fan. So sometimes they're like trying to clarify things which are like, you know, it's not a knock on it. It's not primarily aimed at wrestling fans. So that can sometimes take you out of it. But I did find it generally interesting. And obviously it just makes you incredibly angry just listen to all of it because he is just an absolute horrible, horrible, evil piece of shit human being. But <laughs> if you're not looking for the feel-good hit of the summer, it's an interesting listen. Is it worthy of a six-parter? Well, no, because actually it's probably only about half of it is Vince because they dip in and talk about other um, oh, right, right, okay. wrestlers and things like that, like the touch on the Von Erics and stuff. So like I said, it's not loads of fresh stuff, but I always just find things interesting when there's non-wrestling takes on wrestling things. Yeah. Talking of dark wrestling stuff, have you watched any of the three dark sides yet? You two? All of them. Yeah. Me too. Thoughts? I mean, it's a dark side of this podcast that my points are being glossed over here by chatting about <laughs> bastards and dark side of the ring. But... Because you tried to get a point on saying Vince McMahon's a dickhead. <laughs> should, should my prediction should have been, I don't know, Ricochet's going to have a wrestling match. Meh. Well, Vince McMahon wasn't actually in the company at the time. Yeah, but he's still just by breathing, he's a cunt. <laughs> I don't make the rules. Or maybe I do. <laughs> <laughs> the bold shout would have been for uh, you to predict that he grows a moustache. <laughs> yeah, but... yeah, I'm having a point. Sorry, outside the ring, though. Yeah, I haven't seen them, though. Yeah, they're all really interesting, aren't they, Ross? But just very different. The Candida Sunny one was just brutal, wasn't it? Yeah, really sad. Mm. But both of them, really. Obviously, Sonny's got a lot more to answer for than Chris Candida does, but just sad on both parts, isn't it? Yeah. Business just swept them up, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. I found the Eddie Graham stuff quite interesting because it's something that I didn't know too much about. 
interestingly, that is something that I did know about from listening to that Behind the Bastards podcast, because they talk a lot about the, oh, what's he called, Dr. something Graham. Oh, God. Is it Dr. Larry Graham? The one who Eddie Graham takes the name off because he looks like him. And oh, yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. He is, and that whole crazy story about him stealing his mum's cadaver and running away with her with a shotgun. Yeah. That was covered in that cost because he was Vince's favourite wrestler, apparently, growing up. So that's why that was covered in Behind the Bastards. And then they kind of alluded to the other Grahams, and I just did a bit of a read-up on them and just... yeah. Couldn't, couldn't believe that. But then, obviously, yeah, a few weeks later, saw the, the Dark Side episode. So, My favourite bit about that episode was the fact that, in similar vein to the Benoit one, where the son came across really well, and yeah. the Pillman one, where the grandma came across really well, it's quite nice to have a bit of lightness in these episodes, because it yeah. is pretty heavy, isn't it? Yeah. The daughter of Mike Graham came across really well, I thought. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. I can't remember what the second one was. Uh, TA. Oh, God. Yeah, I came out of that just wanting to be friends with Magnum TA, Koloff, and I can't remember the other guy I know. Was it B. Brian yeah. Blair? Oh, no, the, yeah, well, I do definitely want to be best mates with B. Brian Blair, but he was in the... <laughs> uh, he was in the Graham one, wasn't he? So, Oh, no, he was in both, actually. Yeah, I think he was in both, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, I think he was the other one. Yeah, they just all came off as really nice blokes. And I think Magnum TA's story, even though from a wrestling point of view, it's really shit. It's just nice that he's actually ended up having this really lovely, really positive life after it. Yeah. But, yeah, it's. I think what I find the most interesting things about the dark side of the ring is not the dark pit of the dark side of the ring, like going into details about territories that I kind of knew a bit of the details about, but you just didn't realise just the scale of it. And that's why I know he's persona non grata in a lot of ways. But I think Jim Cornette is always just really great on those episodes because he does kind of bring to life just how big these stars and how over these territories were at the time and, and everything around it. So, Yeah. What was the quote that he said about Graham just being an absolute madhead? And we was like, my name is Balls. You got any? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's great value on that, isn't he? Really great value. Yeah. So that was the round table with a little added bit of what the nerds are watching. <laughs> and whilst he's off screen, we can quickly say that uh, JCH got one and a half points. Two points. <laughs> now, now, JCH, you got two points. Well done, mate. Even though your last pick was dry. <laughs> Fucking bullshit. I, I think you should get a minus point for that. <laughs> no, I massively agree with the sentiment. And, uh, you know, people calling Vincent Manicunt should be... Mandatory. Like, <laughs> yeah, written on every title door in the country. But um, I don't think it deserves a point. Should be rewarded, Amy. Should treat them equally. <laughs> Guys, is there anything that you'd like to plug at the end? Oh, if anyone's at SmackDown and Money in the Bank, give us a shout out. You know, Dom takes Guinness. I like tequila, Ross, cider, sometimes lager. <laughs> Drinks different news. Um, Are you going to throw Ross's shoe over the O2? <laughs> <laughs> I asked why CM Punk had them tied together at his neck, ready to do it. That was it. <laughs> so yeah, if anyone gonna... is around, come say hello. You know, um, maybe we'll just shout out where we're going for a beer before. Yeah, definitely. Quick, uh, quickly, I don't know if it's because of watching too much Superstars in the past, but when Punk came out with that bag, did anyone think for a second there was a snake in it? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know what was in it at the start. I didn't know why he had his boots around his neck. That's the sort of retirement gimmick, isn't it? Yeah. He didn't Maybe mention he was retiring Danhausen's boots. <laughs> <laughs> I guess. 
I don't think you can retire people on other people's behalf, but I do like that idea that you just steal the people's boots from the, uh, <laughs> yeah. from the locker room and just pop them and say, I'm sorry, Kenny Omega's retired now. Where is Dan Housen? I think he's injured, I think. I really started to enjoy him. Oh, he, won yeah. me, he won me over. <laughs> Big Ben <Billy's> is um... coming! <laughs> I would quickly like to plug something that's literally happening now. So you can't go to the actual event, but it does have a fundraiser attached to it. Lost Souls Pizza sadly got burnt down in London, a restaurant that's been linked to Progress Wrestling for a long time in Tufnell Park Road. And they're having a fundraiser event at the Dome this evening. Wrestlers such as Michael Oku and Terry Bakewell (laughs) are wrestling on that show. But there is a fundraiser involved. So if you're someone that has eaten there or just feels bad for someone losing their income, head over to the Lost Souls Pizza link on the internet and donate because it's a worthy cause. Surely Brendan White and Danny Jones should be there, right? (laughs) Definitely. Great shout. And they're greedy as well. So they'll also eat the pizzas. (laughs) (laughs) And we'll plug the socials, starting with Oscar's venture over on TikTok. At wrestling should be fun. He's been banging out some good bits of content recently. He makes you and Dom look like rank amateurs. He does. Yeah, he does. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Massively <laughs> spot the work you guys are doing, though, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> Talking of Dom, Dom is in charge of our Instagram, which is also at wrestling should be fun. That will be used a lot during the weekend where WWE are in town. So, as James said, if you want to come and say hello, maybe you can feature on the Instagram stories. And lastly, the Twitter, which is at WSBFUN. And we can find us there most nights, tweeting away, whether it be watching live or looking back at superstars from 1995, which is brilliant. (laughs) Are you going to plug JCH over on Tout? (laughs) (laughs) Any last words from you guys? I was going to say, well, superstars in 1995. So I remember superstars in, it must have been around 99. Okay, yeah. Uh, So are you going to work your way through all the way to that? I would love to, but it's currently only updated up to midway through 96. So when I get to that point, I don't know what I'm going to do with my life. <laughs> great Yoshi Tatsu matches, I think. Like. Not in 99. Well, no. When, when was he there? 2003? 5? 7? 7, maybe, yeah. That's the point. Did Steve Tatsu run to basically the end of the Attitude Era, like 2001? Did that finish? Yeah, I think it's around then, yeah. And then uh, it was all... Like... thinking of Jagged. Jacked. Jacked. Oh, was it called Jacked, was it? <laughs> <laughs> So there's your 4,000 plugs for things. <laughs> this has been episode 96 of Wrestling Should Be Fun. Look after your mates and drink lots of water. See you, pals. Laters. Wrestling should be fun. Should be fun. Wrestling should be fun. Wrestling should be fun. Should be fun. Wrestling should be fun. Wrestling should be fun.